Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. Hey, Collider fans, this is John Roca. If you like this show, then join Heather and Terry Dubrow on their show, Dr. and Mrs. Guinea Pig, each Tuesday on Podcast One. They talk all things health, wellness, and beauty from a clinical science effectiveness to consumer practicality. It's a blast. You don't want to miss a second of it. Check out Dr. and Mrs. Guinea Pig at Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Also, remember to rate and review. And since it's the summer of loving, in honor of the Bachelorette finale this week, you may also want to check out Off the Vine with Caitlin Bristow and The Amber Rose Show exclusively on Podcast One. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa Online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Episode 9 announces its cast. Disney buying Fox, what does it mean for Star Wars? And we all got Thrawn books. That's right, it's Jedi Council. We're live, you humps. Here we go. It's Jedi Council time. You're not humps. You're good people. I like you very much. And it is time to talk about Star Wars. 
And joining us live now, this is a, this is a thing. This is what we're going to be doing every Thursday, 10 a.m. live. You guys will be joining us. We'll be talking Star Wars. We're going to have some fun, and the council is here. But before we do that, I want to let you guys know this episode of Jedi Council is brought to you by Rode Microphones. That's right, Rode. And remember, my Rode Reel, it's the world's largest short film competition. Right now, there are over 1,000 short films battling to win $1 million worth of prizes. Pretty awesome. And you can help by voting your favorite films. There's drama, there's comedy, there's sci-fi. Head on over to www.myroadreel.com. Watch some films and vote now for your favorites. And without any further ado, here we go with Jedi Council. First, he's reading the book. Already, he's very excited. It's Mr. Kylo Ken. Ken Napsock is over there. Hey, hey, when do we start taping? Uh, We just started, Ken. Nice to see you. All right. Joining us, which is crazy to say this, for the very first time on Jedi Council, and she's going to get a name right off the bat, it's Master Fifo Diaz. Emma Fife is here. I'm very honored to, like, come onto the Council for the first time and just immediately be promoted to Jedi Master. I am completely yeah. fine with You've, that. You kind of earned it. I, I mean, feel like that's true, yeah. you earned it. This is like, because the thing is, it's weird how you've never been on this show before, and I don't know how that never happened. I know. Um, but you've been here on every are. other show here, too. You're a staple on the Schmodown. You're on uh, Heroes. You're on TV Talk. Talk. You're on the Schmo Show. You'll be on Collider Live. Yeah. There's so much, so much. Uh, but now you're on Jedi Council. I'm so very happy to be here. It's a pleasure to yeah. have you here. Okay, let's get into the stuff. First, let's get right on over to Star Wars Movie News. There is the droid 5HNP in the honor of the great, late Mr. John Schnepp, 5HNP. Uh, Ken, what do we got? Hey, you know, we, uh, we last week recorded our show per usual on Thursday. Now it's live. We can address breaking news. But the next day, Friday, was when the big news dump happened, when suddenly, out of nowhere, we had most of the primary Episode Nine cast. I'm sure there'll be some surprises and things left off the IMDb list for now. But we got the news that Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Lupita Nyong'o, Donald Gleason, Kelly Marie Tran, Jonas Sudamo. Billy Lord, and uh, they're the regulars. We'd expect that, but they're being joined by newcomers Naomi Aki, Richard E. Grant, Spice World, shout out, and Carrie Russell, though that was added a little bit later in the day. They'll be joined by Mark Hamill, Anthony Daniels, and Billy D. Williams. But the big news, of course, Carrie Fisher will be back. Thanks to footage from Episode 7 that didn't make it into the film. More on that in a bit. And the role of our general, Princess Leia, will continue with Carrie in the role with some movie magic. So, Christian, this was big. It was funny because on uh, last Thursday we were all chit-chatting. At the end of it I said I wouldn't be surprised if Carrie Fisher shows back up in this thing and they don't take out the character. Didn't expect that the next day they no. would announce that. Um, but... It just started to make more sense because you got into, if you have the footage, it just was too tricky to do it any other way. Because you could have killed off the character in the opening crawl. You could have done that. And you could have then said five years later, they're, they're dealing with it. Or you could have then recast, but that's another thing. Then you start an argument here, too. But if you do what they originally were rumored to do with Peter Cushing, which was holograms, and you have this footage from Episode 7, and it's holograms of her talking from a ship, and you know what the narrative is. And there's going to be a little exposition, and I think the fans will be okay with how much exposition is dealt with with her character. 
It's fine. Um, but I like the call. I think it could work. They're definitely not going to uh, – Princess Leia will live on in Star Wars. They're not going to – it would be silly for them to kill off the character um, after all this footage happened. They won't do that. I think Billy D. Williams will survive it. Everyone is saying he's going to be out. We knew he was coming back. Um, but Carrie, Rus- Carrie Russell, who was – out in that original thing, probably the one intern just forgot to put her name in or something. But um, I don't know what she's playing. I can't imagine. But I think that there's going to get there's gonna have some Imperials. We're going to have some new characters. I hope that we get the the announcement of Snoke's apprentice, like uh, other apprentice sure. that is announced in canon. I like the cast. I like what we're hearing too. Any other surprises that will happen, we're not going to be announced in this cast. Obviously, to keep it surprises. But Mark Hamill, though. Mark Hamill being announced. Isn't that so much easier? It is. It's a lot easier that way. And and it's interesting, Christian, that you bringing up this idea of, oh, we could have this five-year time jump and we could be dealing with the grief over Leia's death because one of the things that I really did like about Last Jedi is I think it really left the door open for where do we go from here. So I think that this is kind of the perfect opportunity to incorporate characters like Lando coming back, which I'm very, very excited about, obviously. I mean, a lot of people felt that he was overlooked, shall we say, in this new trilogy. And I, I, you know, I hope that he makes it to the end because otherwise I think we fall into the category of cliche of constantly killing off these characters. But yeah. I am very, very curious to see how Luke Skywalker factors into all of this. Yeah, I think so too. And again, I think that this would be something... Um, I think this version of Luke is going to be like any other Force Ghost. So we talked, and we talked about that briefly last week. That how much screen time we thought he would have, and and I think it'll be significant. I think he's going to be in the movie a lot. I think that there could be something to where he just. Um, it, it, we saw what Yoda can do as a Force Ghost. I think Luke will even surpass that on what the Force Ghost is able to do. What do you think? Yeah, you know, Qui Gon taught us all. You you can still <laughs> learn things post death. Yeah. Uh, that's some of the best stuff of the Clone Wars. That is Claudia Gray's great story, and from a certain point of view, when Qui Gon appears to Obi Wan, you get some details on what it means. I think it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to what we're going to get with Luke, Ghost Luke, whatever we call him. You know, who knows? Maybe it's some other form. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think anything like wor- World Between Worlds is going to come into play. <laughs> it's not going to be that connected, but it'll be different. I, going to Carrie Fisher though. You, you said holograms. You guessing? I'm guessing. I think I think holograms. Holograms. I think gem in the hologram. <laughs> similar to like you know the the when they're, like if they're traveling in space and uh-huh. sure. and it pops up on the ship and she's giving them instructions right. or like a know. like a help me Obi Wan Kenobi you're my only hope kind it's of similar similar to that but I mean situation. but just to where you know it's like if she's she's from she's on the base you know and so she's give, she's now reconstruct helping reconstruct the the new republic yeah. once again and helping out with other leadership maybe she's with um, Lando or maybe she's not but she's somewhere else and she is sending the great thing about Star Wars my favorite stuff is when there's all these there's triple missions going yeah. on. It goes back and forth. And if you're able to say, you know, at one point, let's say Finn, or or it'd probably be Poe. Poe is is gonna is gonna have to talk to Leia. All right, I'm gonna bring up Leia, and then the hologram comes in, talks to her. That's it. I I think though, you know, since they talk about using footage that was not released, that was part of Force Awakens, there I think there is a little part of me that hopes that maybe in terms of the script, they took a look at okay, well, what do we have featuring Carrie Fisher that didn't get released, and how do we creatively work this into the script so that we do see her as more than just a hologram? I'm not disagreeing with her hologram idea. Yeah. I think that that is very possible. However, I I do hope that she gets some real screen time and we get to really continue to live with Leia as a character. If it works, sure. I'm just saying that it's, that would be an easier fix. But sure. you, you're right. If you could make it to where you can 
kind of cross with somebody or the technology that they're using all the time here to be able to make it look as if the scene is part of it. But mm -hmm. you're right. I think that they, they probably combed through the old scripts, combed through the old footage, said, this is what we can use. I wouldn't be surprised if they took audio from episode eight and, and took some stuff there, too. It would be silly for them to omit that stuff. But... Why, Ken, do you think the hologram thing is, is that a... No, no, it just was very specific for me. So I was <laughs> yeah. just wondering about your prediction. Well, remember the Cushing thing? Remember the, the uh, Peter Cushing? Yeah, when they said yeah, that... yeah, yeah. I think we all thought that would be the case. I thought he was just going to be a reflection on the window for one scene. Right. And he turned out to be a lot more Rogue One, which, by the way, I love more and more. Mm. Uh, I love seeing him in, in Rogue One, and I think the tech, tech holds up, and you could even maybe on a re-release to Blu-ray do it even better as technology gets... Yeah gets better. So I'm actually okay with that. I'm glad it's not that for, for General Leia. No, that'd be too um, odd right now. I, I too was in the camp soon. of, yeah. I was okay with the recasting if it was important to the character. Mm -hmm. uh, but this this is even better. So I, I do worry, and we're going to talk a little bit about, about Todd Fisher, who not just predicted this, but I think at some point believed this was happening, and, and a lot of people in Lucasfilm didn't feel that was the case, and, and so it's this weird, even he admits, I was, I was probably really annoying to them, but it, it's come to pass. I do I, not worry. Worry is not the word, but it, they just keep saying unused episode seven footage. She was in in her BDU uniform on Dakar, a base right. we can't go to anymore. But you could take that out and put it elsewhere. She's in that dress in the end. You could take that out, put it elsewhere. What you said. Remember, there was also a large stuff, a large sequence with Maz Kanata actually going to Dakar, handing Leia the lightsaber, which now is destroyed. Right. But there could be some very interesting things there. And too. don't forget about rehearsals and stuff too. I yeah. mean, oh, there, yeah, yeah. there yeah. Stuff, they said did this episode seven footage. They didn't say. They didn't right. say what it was from. They could have shot a lot of stuff that was never even planned to be in Episode 7, but they were doing something, if it was, say it was improv between her and Luke. Her and what, There's so much that they have the archives of what they could be doing. So I'm confident enough in that team to, to, that they said, this is what we have. And very similar to what you were just saying. Let's, let's look at it see how we can use it, and then put it into motion. There could be a, a, a nice mix of both of what we're talking about yeah. here, just using that footage, then also being able to use it for, you know, for holograms and, and stuff of that nature. But I do think that we're going to, and someone asked us last week, are we getting more surprises in Episode Nine? Will we see more people or more characters? We will. Probably, yeah. We will. Yeah, we definitely will. Um, anything else on the cast? Uh, I, I, uh, Carrie Russell being confirmed is interesting. I still don't think Carrie Russell is going to be a super giant part. I think she's a snap Wexley type of situation. Carrie hey, Russell? Work, yeah, I, I think, hey, JJ, work with you. Let's try to get this done. Uh, I love Richard E. Grant. He is one of my favorites from Altman's The right. Player to Game of Thrones, where he's the theater uh, director, yes. too. I'm not joking. I'm a huge Spice Girls fan. I love Spice World, and he's in that. He's got to be an Imperial, right? I, I don't necessarily think so. No? I don't necessarily think so. I think he could be type that I can provide you help kind of character, mm -hmm. a bartender. He could be that. That kind of thing. He is. He could be a, a first order kind of mm -hmm. you know, what Mark Lewis Jones did for for Moden Kennedy, but. Uh, he's got the chops to go anywhere. He's a great say, character. I think the actor. thing that's great about Richard E. Grant, as you say, being a really good character actor, is he's somebody that even even if he's really only in one scene, it'll be so memorable that yeah. he's worth yeah. mentioning as being part of the cast. Yeah, he's great, and I think he's, yeah. it, it was good casting, and he fits in perfect to. I agree with you. I happen to think I would like to see them go away mm -hmm. from him being in the First Order. And yeah, I'd like yeah. to actually see him be some maybe maybe an old grizzled Jedi that got away. Or one of that could be cool too. whatever yeah, be fun. it is, too. So. <laughs> and, and then Naomi Aki, uh, I don't know much about her. I know she was in Lady Macbeth, I believe, for BBC. Um, I, I'm starting my wild speculation. I want her to be daughter of Ray Sloan. I'm, I'm half kidding, but I just want some mention of Ray Sloan. <laughs> Me too. I think that we've been talking. I think Ray Sloan is probably going to show up some way or another in um, 
in the Favreau, Favreau series, series makes I think sense that to because he's going to have so many characters to fill that you know he's going to be looking at those archives, yep. and he's a pretty um, hardcore fan. He's a fan. Yeah, he is a fan. fan, so to go in uh, and really look at, hey, what do I have? You have this, you have that, but I, what, I, what we need, though, is somebody like a Pablo Hidalgo or even to say, hey, like very similar to what they did with Saw Gerrera. Yes. Like, hey, we have this character. Um, you yeah. should use them. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully Favreau says, well, thank you, guy who knows more about Star Wars than mostly anybody else in this world. Yeah, I yeah. will use that. And I, and I think that that is one of the things that has been really nice with with the films and the new series that are coming out, the animated series, are, are digging into we have these characters and they people like them. Let's let's right. do more with them and bring them perhaps to a wider audience. Uh, yeah, Christian, you know, like Peyton Manning at the line, Omaha, Omaha. Let's call an Audible here. We're live. Something happened. I've got a question. Let's just ask oh. a question here from, a question. from Twitter. We'll go to sure. Twitter, oh, okay. Facebook at the end. Should check but, the news also to see if they're breaking. Yeah. Um, up, uh, Jeff Snyder, just yell something. <laughs> um, Clark Bryant asks at official C. Bryant, Hey, Clark, do you think they will retcon Luke's death? I think they left the door wide open to the flip the script and say Luke is still alive. What are your thoughts? I've seen this question pop up. <laughs> So he uses the hashtag Collider Jedi Council, and I've got it here live. Christian, what do you think? There's, do I think that they will? No. Would I be okay with it? Yes. Um, because they could do – they never really said they, – what they did is that he kind of disappeared, similar to what happened with Obi-Wan and Yoda, but it was so tricky in the way that he did. He just was more, like, exhausted, and then he just disappeared out of nowhere. Um, I always liked – I always loved the idea of when he just said, see you around, kid – and then the reveal of him being there, and then they could have just gotten out, and him being alive, he gets picked up with Leia and out. Maybe he's able to transport himself. If they did, I think fans would go, ah, what a cop-out. That's cool, he's alive. And people would forgive it, but I also think it would also take away from what Ryan Johnson did, even though some people, myself included, don't like the decision that they killed him off. That's what's canon at this point. I think you can do a lot with Luke right now as a force ghost, but you have to use him Often, give him a, don't give him a small part. Give him a bigger part. What do you think? I, I I agree that I think it is possible that they could retcon Luke's death. And and again, there as you say, Christian, it was very vague. It was just the like, here we are, and now I'm still over on Octo, and I've just disappeared into nothingness. Uh, I am personally of the opinion that much like you were saying about in terms of honoring what Ryan Johnson did, and I was a big fan of Last Jedi, and I didn't disagree with his opinion, with his decision to kill off Luke. I thought it was very strong storytelling, and I also think that, again, in Star Wars, especially if you are a Jedi, death is not the end of the character. Like, you still have the opportunity to to be involved, and I, I like that the end of Last Jedi, to me, felt like they very much had passed the torch onto the new cast, and now it truly is their story. And it doesn't mean that Luke's legacy isn't going to live on, and I do suspect that we will, in this next film, see him as a Force ghost. I do hope a lot. But I, I, I hope that he stays dead. Ken, I know, I know your answer. Well, here's the thing. I, yes, I absolutely loved, loved, be turned, you know, at first I questioned it at the premiere with you, and then I thought about it, thought about it, and I love the ending of Luke Skywalker, and I don't want them to change that. However, I, I, I will be open to anything yeah. as long as it's done right. Well, that's exactly right. I think that's the thing, too. Like, I'm probably, I'm, I'm on the opposite side of you guys. A little guys. bit, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm on the opposite side of where I don't think it was a good ending for him at all. Um, I think that, I agree that Jedi, it's not the end, but I still think that there is a way that he could have done more. I liked his realization. I like, I didn't, see, I didn't mind as a lot of other people did to where he was just 
just kind of Luke Skywalker because I think that was mm-hmm. part of his arc. And then what you could have done was then take him into nine and have him be that badass that everyone wanted to see because then fans would have been a lot more forgiving if he if he was able like okay that's how he was but then he was basically Rocky in Rocky three and was able to get encouraged okay. and then although that's the guy that we wanted to see in episode nine then fans would go. All right, that's yeah. cool because now, now I'm now I'm in a little bit more. But the problem is with him being dead. Um, then if you retcon it, it's like JJ. They were going, "Well, JJ didn't like that either." <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. and that and that to me would be the biggest PR. problem yeah. of them deciding to bring him back. And I I totally now understand your perspective of had we had sad old Jedi Luke, which is what we had in Last Jedi, which I personally loved. I felt that this movie really humanized him in a way that I had not felt from Luke Skywalker before in the films. Uh, and but I do understand that that most people wanted to see him just like totally kick ass, and yeah. that was not really what he did, except that's in that. So know what a Jedi does. Exactly. So. I, I, exactly, Ken. Um, however, uh, I but I I totally totally agree with you that my biggest fear is that again retconning it, saying you know what, just kidding. Luke's alive right. does very much say yeah, but JJ it wanted to keep him. Alive. I want to yes. challenge you, sir. Jedi dude, they're pacifists. Uh, <laughs> Did you not? Say, aren't you a prequelist? Yes. There's a lot of there's, Jedi there's kicking of Jedi ass in that. In that uh, and, and, yes. and didn't you watch the Clone Wars, sir? Yes. There's a lot of that stuff happening. When they whether feel it's, they have to. What, what he, Quinlan Voss is. You know, they have to. And what did he do? He went to the dark side. For it's, a little bit. For a little bit. And then turned back. Uh, what, what does Qui-Gon say? I can listen, protect you. I cannot fight a war for you. But they still kick ass, and they do some stuff. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go away from the, 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 the that's not what Jedi it's do. Right, they do. They're, they're, they don't start wars. They, they don't, don't start wars, and they don't they fight kick people. ass. And, and, <laughs> and what, what I love, what I love yeah. about Depa Balaba, uh, the Mace Windu comic, they go right into the idea that a lot of people felt the Jedi should not have taken rank and joined and commanded right. armies, yeah. and that was against the Jedi Order. And part of the prequels is Lucas saying the Jedi lost their way, right? And that's yeah. why they fell and collapsed. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm that's just saying Jedi. that I'm right. All right, so let's get to <laughs> hey, the. Why don't you go make some chicken <laughs> in the middle of the freeway? I don't do it by the freeway. Now, I now if you watch the Instagram story, right next to the dumpster. You tell me when you finally get your butter and we can add some to the steak. All right, let's go next. Let's talk business. Yeah. We all love business. Sure. Uh-huh. Business is fun. I'm business out. is great. Hey, weird. Disney uh, shareholders. I'm a shareholder. <laughs> I forgot to vote. Uh, they uh, pr- approved this Fox merger deal. And look, there's a, a side to this. There's a lot of people potentially losing their jobs and everything. But you know what? That's every day of life. Welcome to business. Um, that's going to be all right. This industry is shrinking as, as, as fast as we can say it. But there's some interesting things in this article that I'm reading from Forbes here, Christian, about the future of Star Wars and this idea that's being put into here. And again, I don't have any direct sources, but like with this, you got Avatar now comes on over. We got like 20 of those being made. Yeah. Uh, and then you got what we know is planned, but not officially announced. I mean, announced, but Johnson trilogy, Dan and Dave, all that kind of stuff um, uh, that possibly Disney could go away from the once a year. Remember one point we were talking two a year, once a year to once every two years and alternate it with Avatar in December because Avatar already has its Christmas releases. So a little small part of this story. The merger is a lot bigger and impacts the industry in a big way. But in the Star Wars corner, what do you think about this? Circumstance. It's all circumstance. It's just a matter of I, I wouldn't be opposed to the two-year thing depending on what are the movies that are coming out. Um, for example, let's say we get the Benioff and Weiss stuff, right? And let's say the first one just blows us out of the water. And they tell me the next one's coming out in two years, then great. Um, but then the, the Ryan Johnson one comes out, also really good. Then I don't want them to pigeonhole themselves. I don't want them to say, well, now we're going back from one a year and we're doing two. 
what you should say is this is when the movie's coming out. It might be right now we're sticking to one a year. You're going to get one next year. Uh, oh, wait, you know, there's some more stuff happening. We have we know what movies we're doing. It's this one's coming out in two years from now, and then we'll potentially have one the following year or to every two years. You know, it's it's it. Whenever the movies come out, they come out. Mm-hmm. But the problem that they're going to run into there is once they, if they do all these movies that they're planning, and more as more ideas hit, that if they stick to a two-year plan, then you're gonna, you're not going to get to any of these movies. So we'll be yeah, seventy. We'll be exactly still yes. talking about Star Wars yeah. movies that were announced in 2018. I, yes, and Avatar's a different thing. It's like you know, yeah. it's, you get the property of Avatar, put it on a different time, or or make it in November, and then Star Wars can come out in December. Um, whatever it might be, and I don't even think that the hunger for Avatar is going to be there the way that they think it's going to be. I totally agree. Oh. I don't know why we're still talking about Avatar as if it's this big, huge franchise that people love, because to me, it's completely irrelevant at this point. I, you know, I know that Disney's got their whole thing at Animal Kingdom where you can go to Pandora and it is apparently like very much their Wizarding World of Harry Potter where they don't have branded merchandise and it's supposed to be immersive and stuff. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think, oh man, I really got to go there. You could also go to the Northridge Mall. There's a Pandora there. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. the one I've been to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ken, what do you think? Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're That's right. That's all you want to do? No, no, no other opinion? Yeah. No, no, no. I think you're right. I, I'm intrigued. In I have a, a tune in to four senator here? <laughs> get in here. Just tell me. There's two. There's it's two. There's a 2% part of me that's like, ooh, I like the idea of once every, every other year. Sure. Because we were raised with that mm-hmm. and used to that. But then I have become used to once one, once a year. I, the, the, the solo in B, being in May was uh, a disappointment for me on a couple levels. One of them, like, now I have to wait, like... 18 months to get a new Star Wars movie. I've gotten used to that, and I like it a lot. Yeah. I do want them in December. Release dates can change. Move Avatar off. Make yeah. it a Thanksgiving Day, Black Friday weekend special. You well, know? And they also don't have an idea yet. They, know they, they have people attached to movies. We're not talking right. about TV here. We're talking about attached right. to movies. They have people, creators attached, but they, don't have, yeah. they haven't announced. All we know right now, for sure, is that Episode Nine comes out next year. That's all we know. There's been no other announcements. We... The Obi-Wan thing's still kind of floating around out there, but right, right, right. probably not, not going to happen. Right, yeah. um, so Star Wars Celebration will answer a lot of questions. They should. It should answer a lot of questions. Right. Um, whether or not they do, I, I, I'm inclined to think that they're going to answer a lot of questions there. But we should have more information about this deal as well. So right, right. I don't think that Avatar should have anything to do with it, nor do I think it will. So yeah. yeah. All right, what's next? Uh, Next up is, let me click back to my rundown here. Uh, This is interesting here. It's it's kind of canon, but it ties into a movie discussion and kind of maybe even one we were having here earlier. Timothy Zahn, the author of Thrawn Alliances, available now from Delray Books. Uh, He, of course, has a very important place in the Star Wars universe, the Heir to the Empire trilogy. We were talking off air. I think we both love mm-hmm. that trilogy. I know you love that trilogy. Mm-hmm. It, it really did come to Star Wars during a dark time where there wasn't a lot of stuff and launched us into new, a new generation. Um, he was talking about he is up against killing off major characters in the Star Wars universe on film. And he goes into how he just uh, doesn't really feel that's the way to go about doing it. Um, What's his reasoning? What do you say? Uh, I'm going to click on that story that I oh. thought I had up, but went down. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, no, my fault, my fault. Uh, he says, my philosophy for philosophy before the sequels came out was that Star Wars was not the kind of thing where you killed off major characters. My logic on that one being if that was, we kill off major characters. Either Wedge or Lando would not have survived the second Death Star and Return of the Jedi. It always seemed fine to me, or so always seemed to me, that this is the type where the heroes get into danger and you have to 
and they figure out a way to get out of it, that you'll be happy at the end. He sounds a lot like George Lucas around 1982 talking yeah. to Lawrence Kasdan. Sure. Um, and, and Harrison Ford. <laughs> and Harrison Ford, which is, I think, where the conversation might start yeah. with me. But what do you think about this, Christian? Um, I think I half agree with him, half disagree. I think that it depends. I think that if it serves the story, I also think we're in a Game of Thrones mentality as far as storytelling goes with creators that they think that sometimes like, in order to really impact somebody, you got to kill off a character. I mean, it goes back to J.R. and Dallas. You know, it's, a, it's, it's all that stuff. It's like, oh, a major character has been killed off. Wow, we just kicked the audience right in the, in the, in the butt there. And but sometimes he's right. Sometimes you shouldn't. Like we just had a whole conversation about Luke. I don't. You guys think it served the story well and served his character. I happen to think that the opposite of if I think that he should have passed on in nine, and you know, gone through and a different arc. But I still think at the end of it he should have passed on. So I agree and disagree with him at the yeah. same time. Yeah, I, I think that my approach to this is that. I, I sort of understand where he's coming from, and I, I totally agree Read the Game of Thrones mentality yeah. of, oh, you know, if you don't kill a major character, then it's, it's not really a serious story. However, I do think that Timothy Zahn should not have shown his hand here. You know what I mean? Where it's like you have to approach things with the notion that there is real danger and that major characters could get killed off because if you don't, there are no stakes. And then that really lowers, I think, the emotional attachment to the story that you're telling. Yeah. So, you know, I, I get where he's coming from. But he, but basically, I think the way that it comes across anyway in this interview is him very much sort of almost, I don't want to say cheapening the Star Wars story, but basically saying like, no, this is a story where the heroes are always going to be safe because yeah. they've got plot armor. I think he just means he wants to be able to write more stories about them. <laughs> I think there's a little bit of that, too. Yeah. Timothy Zahn is from a different generation of storytelling. Yeah. He's still very active. He's still writing great books. But yeah. he's from a different generation of storytelling. You, you touched upon it. You backed it up there. Game of Thrones, a show I know very well. Look at season seven. Got a lot of complaints for a lot of different reasons, but one of them was, eh, no one died! Right. Sometimes what happens? Right. Plot armor is a bad thing at times because our expectations of story have changed. We want it to be a little bit more realistic. I'm not a, I, the idea of Luke living and dying and nine actually is probably something I might have preferred if they told the story that way. Yeah. I just didn't want Luke with the lightsaber taking down Walkers. But but I yeah Walkers no. I, but I understand what you're saying. And that I, shot. I'll go back to this again. But there was that rumor. <laughs> there was that rumor where the and it was such a rumor. But it was that the 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 Knights of Ren or whoever it was sure. attacks him and Ray. On like a cliff in Oct two, and he just gets a hold of the saber, and you're like, "Well, that's what he can do now." People would have lost their minds. Well, they think... would have lost their minds, and it would have been cool. I also think that rumor was the party with the caretakers. Oh, maybe yeah. what, yeah. whatever, I mean, whatever the back, rumor came from. Yeah, I'm, I'm just know saying, saying him there, there wrecking was, there was shot yeah, with yeah. a saber. Come on, I mean, come on. Um, but to this, so I, I think I understand where I understand where he's coming from. But you know, Harrison Ford doesn't agree and would not mm. have come back. Right. I, I guarantee that was the you kill me off for God's sake. Yeah, and he he, he made it seem like he didn't want to go out this time. <laughs> that it was JJ's idea. But it's like I'm only yeah. doing it if I die yeah, this JJ's time. JJ's idea was to drop a door on his ankle. But um, <laughs> almost take up okay. his head to the door. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm going to kill you off uh, for real. Um, yeah. But anyways, it's an issue. But it's an interesting conversation because what. What are our expectations? And I also think when there's solutions, again, going back to Game of Thrones, one of the things for season seven, for six years, people are like, I bet an ice dragon's going to blow down that wall. And then it happens. They're like, 
Dad, nah, I didn't like that. Right. Well, that's the solution to the story. That was that was your theory, and it finally came true. So I think a lot of times, uh, you know, when your when your theory is is one of the, our major characters will pass on the baton, and then they do, and it's you're like, well, but now I still want the major characters. It, it's it's a weird balance. Well, that's why I do think though. I think that he. I don't think nine will see that many heroes deaths. I think that Kylo might eat it. Yeah. Um, I th- I, I agree with that. I think at this point, too, I, I don't want writers to feel like they're constrained by the fact that major character deaths have already happened within this trilogy, but I do think that it, it gets to a point where you start to feel like you're killing off these characters just to make that emotional right. impact or for that shock factor. And I, I, I agree with you. I don't think that it's going to get to that point. No, remember, though, also, too, what he says. He says major characters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right now, mm-hmm. the characters of... Luke and Leia and Lando, they are minor characters inside of yep. this new trilogy, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. You know, they're, they're secondary characters to Rey and Finn mm-hmm. and Poe, um, and they are not going anywhere. Those characters will not die, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, the only one I think that could is probably is if they... The, the irony of, of actually killing off Poe at the, the end of this one where he was supposed to die in the beginning of yeah. episode seven, but I don't believe that will happen. Zahn does go on to say, uh, the, uh, the exact quote is not here, or it's a little bit later on in the article, and I'm not going to scroll down because I'm lazy. Um, is He goes on to say, "There's you can pass on the baton. It doesn't always have to be death. And yes. that I really do agree yeah. with. Yeah. That can be, whether it's even going to the Grey Avens with uh, Gandalf at the end, uh, you know, or, or some other, other Thank way. You, yeah. Ken. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that, you know, he says in the article is that he is the, the solution is you don't really make it about those characters mm-hmm. at all. Right. They just are adults and they're living their lives and doing their jobs within the galaxy. And there you go. But I do like that this new trilogy has given us some really nice human moments of, of these characters having continued to live yeah. since the end of the original trilogy. Is that everything in movie news? Well, that is, sir. That's everything in mm-hmm. the world of movie news. I know you guys are in the chat room right now, and Ken's looking at it, so if you have any questions that are popping up in there, we might get to those. We're also going to be able to take some questions from Twitter and Facebook, uh, hashtag Collider Jedi Council. Over on Facebook is the Collider Jedi Council Facebook group. Uh, so go join there if you haven't done that already. But now it's time of the show. It's simply called What's the Deal with Canon? Everything in the world of Star Wars that relates to the movies, but it's books, it's comics, it's TV shows, it's all this stuff. Ken, what you got? Hey, I'm excited about this story. E.K. Johnston's uh, first little uh, interview here with uh, Dan Brooks over on uh, StarWars.com uh, about Queen's Shadow and the Padme novel and the power of Padme coming out here. This book coming out in March of 2019. I'm really excited for this one. Padme uh, is a very underrated character. A, a lot of ways it's because of what happened in episode two and three. Some of that, if you read some of the stories, was just things not working behind the scenes, but that. It's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about this character, a 14-year-old queen that is willing to die for her people. It's one of my favorite things in Star Wars. It's a great character. And Christian E.K. Johnson's going a little bit. You can't say much into this book. Um, And I think she's the perfect person to write this book. She handles Ahsoka wonderfully. Um, I think the only person that I probably would... Well, you know what? Christy Golden probably could have done it as well Mm -hmm. as Claudia Gray. I think any one of those authors would have been a good choice, but I like E.K. Johnson. What I will say where I agree with you very much is that Padme herself is a fantastic character, and I think that the character actually grew on better and evolved better in canon 
yes. outside of the movies. Clone I think Wars, that yeah. in Clone Wars, I think even in the brief parts that she was in, this isn't canon, this is Legends, but in the Darth Plagueis novel from mm-hmm. James Lucino, oh, it's was, great. Yep. That is some of the best written Padme stuff that I had seen mm-hmm. so far. But she has, um, she, she has a great great story that should be explored more and what's really funny about this too is that we were walking around at comic-con myself and ken and we were talking about the delray book and thank you again to our friends over at delray to send who i was breaking their chops last week about the not sending us a book and things got it was lost in the mail but um but they sent four books to the uh to the five books to the council so thank you to them i can't wait to start tearing into this thing but we we're walking around at comic-con and ken's like they're gonna announce um some books tomorrow and he's like Man, I, I want I want that Padme book, and he's and he said he walked by the the, the booth yeah. and talked to one of these. He's like, Tom. he's like, yeah, yeah, Tom. He's like, I want I want to I want to see that uh, Padme because mm-hmm. and that's a Padme book. And Tom's like, you should go to the thing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he was, he's like, what are you talking about? Right. You've what been calling book? for it, and then it's yeah. is, this is this is like one of your most anticipated books, right? It is, it is, it is. Again, what I say, I think over time. Uh, the character, the Clone Wars, that Catherine Tabber, Kat Tabber did a great job with this character, brought life with this character, and the character, and the examples you gave are awesome. But go back to the core of this, because you could get lost. I'm a prequelist, but yeah, you know, Lucas's dialogue, I think he wanted just to make this movie without dialogue and just watch the music and the pictures. Um, this is a this is a Oscar-caliber actress who's sitting there going, I truly, deeply love you. It's, it's, it's one of my biggest regrets of Attack of Clones. That could have been a beautiful moment yeah. without dialogue. All that aside... That has pushed aside this character in Phantom Menace, which was a pretty interesting character in terms of an elected 14-year-old queen willing to die for her people and throws Palpatine a loop. It's Palpatine's the Phantom Menace. He's in control. And she's like, Senator, this is your arena. I must go to mine. I'm going back to my people. It's the only time Palpatine's like, um, oh, you sure? I mean, we have snacks here. Yeah. Like, stick around. But why did he want and, her to stay? Yeah. I always thought about that, though. Why would he want her to stay? Wouldn't he want her to go so he can kill Under her his control, there? power. Yeah, yeah, cool. A little bit of that. Yeah. I mean, but he, he's even in a split second. But right. it's the only time he's kind of like, oh. So she shows this internal strength that maybe he even didn't suspect she had. I love this character. I love Padme also. I, I mean, and, and I totally agree. Not only is she underrated, she's also underutilized. And one mm. of the things that E.K. Johnson says in, in this interview, which is adorable, she loves Padme so much. And she's Good. so excited and compares Padme to... To being basically her doctor. She said, like, Leia was her first favorite Star Wars right. character, but Padme was her doctor. Like, in Doctor Who, it was the, the character that got her back into Star Wars, made her excited about Star Wars again. And, uh, and, and again, as you say, Ken, she's so fascinating because she's a child, basically, mm-hmm. who shows incredible maturity and leadership and forethought. And also, we haven't really explored the story that's going to be explored in this novel, which is the time in between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, where she transitions yeah, from being queen. being queen to being a senator and why she made those decisions. So I, I'm... I'm just delighted to, that this book is yeah, coming out. Yeah, E.K. says this, Christian, and I'll get, you th- I'll get your thoughts here. I think a lot of what Padme does in the movies goes on inside her head. So her brilliance and her political acumen, you don't necessarily see it play out in the movies. And what you're talking about, I think, goes on a little more in the Clone Wars and stuff yeah. like that. And she also gets in a lot of action in the Clone Wars. She but, does. But, and that's, that's awesome. There's you that know, great Forces of Destiny. You know what makes her tick. Yes, I yeah. love her episodes of Forces of Destiny. Yeah. Forces of Destiny, right, right, right. Yeah. But it was, it, so it is a lot about her her skills yeah. as, as a leader. It yeah. makes her. You, you, there's so much more involvement to who she is in the Clone Wars, and that's why we'll be able to see that again in this in these final episodes of the Clone Wars that will air on that streaming mm-hmm. service. So mm-hmm. 
that to me alone is like between this and that we're gonna we're gonna learn more about that character because I do think that it's one of the strongest characters that does get overlooked sometimes mm-hmm. because of some silly dialogue here and there. But it's a yep. uh, it's a good character. I, was, I don't know. This would never work in a million years. But imagine in episode nine if there was some kind of flashback scene to where I don't know who it would even be. It would have to be Leia, but so I guess it yeah. wouldn't work at all. But like if, if Natalie Portman, they got her to do a cameo. I mean, I know I know it would have to be a dream or something, sure. obviously, but it's like, but just her as an older Padme, uh, older Padme yeah. of what, or flashback of what would have happened yeah. if Anakin I, I also you know. just now was thinking about like how heartbreaking the end of Revenge of the Sith should have been, yes. mm-hmm. given what a great character this is. And, and we see her go from this great, political leader and the, this driving force behind everything that's going on with the Republic and then to see her kind of become this woman who this relationship kind of tears her apart it would have been so so powerful if only I think we'd gotten to really spend the time with and delve into this character. He, he would never do it because I guess that you know the, the, the respect for George it wouldn't be disrespect but I would love to see the alternative point of view from, say, Padme or even 3PO, right, yeah. on Revenge of the Sith through the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Like, if the, if the last episode of Clone Wars was exactly what you're talking about, because we've seen this arc grow mm-hmm. from seasons one to, like, now it'll be seven, right? You've Ugh. seen this, and then if it came down to the end of when you see... Imagine 3PO's point of view from seeing it from the side, watching this, and then making it a little bit more... Because, you know, in the movie, it's like... Eh. You know, yeah. as, as opposed to, like, you, the stuff that they do in Clone Wars is yeah. brutal sometimes. Like, in that one scene when they were talking about Anakin, who, who's the character that in the six, season six they beats the crap out of? Uh, oh, yeah, I, I forget it. Oh. Whatever, but it's, not, it's not Rush Clovis. Is it? No, I, I can't remember. They talked about yeah. it at the panel, and, yeah. like, he doesn't, even, he doesn't even use a saber. He uses his fist yeah. and, like, just Old school. beats yeah. this guy, like, down, like, it, it, it's yeah. brutal. It looked like a UFC fight. Mm-hmm. And... That's the type of stuff that they're going to do inside of Clone Wars that yeah. she has really, um, that character has been serviced well. I, I absolutely would love this. And I talked about it some other places, too, where the idea that the deleted scenes from Revenge of the Sith, now that this next season, Clone Wars is not going to go past Sith, but it's her, Mon Mothma, Bail Organa, Bai Ling's character, your old friend from the early Shemot's days, right. uh, as, as a senator. And this, the f- early formation of the rebellion, in a, and the rebellion forms in a lot of different ways, which I love. It's different. It's a feeling, not an organization at first. But I I would love that in a Clone Wars, even just an episode. Yeah. Genevieve O'Reilly sitting down, Jimmy Smith sitting down doing the voice of those characters. This, right. is, this stuff, if it's done, it's long been recorded the way animation works. But I'd love to yeah. see a little bit of that Padme yeah. forming the rebellion in one way or another. Yeah, I uh, totally agree. All right. We got anything else in canon? Uh, we do have every, we uh, some other things in canon. Uh, just a little talk about Star Wars uh, Resistance, Polygon Pictures has confirmed they will be doing uh, this or are doing it. They're the studio that also produced The Clone Wars, and this confirms uh, that this will be uh, the show will be 3D CG. Still no direct release date. I know there was that story from the, the German website uh, saying this is going to be mid-October. Yeah, October 13th. So I, I still think we're this waiting. This year. This year. Yeah, that's what it said. It was, again, it was, it was like a weird German press release that has yeah. since been deleted, yeah. so... Yeah. Is it going to be on uh, Disney? Uh, this I one is going to be Disney XD. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, Disney, Disney XD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Disney XD. Same thing. So, yeah. uh, because, again, I think that would be something interesting after season one that they put that on the Disney streaming service as well. But probably they want to they have a deal with Disney XD, uh, yeah. well, mm. obviously. And they want to <laughs> continue it on from having, because Rebels probably saw some really yeah. good ratings for that network. Um, that's, mm. I'm glad that it's going to look 
I, th- I think they all should be familiar looking. I think that sometimes it's cool to switch up the animation styles of the two, yeah. but not when it's in the same galaxy. Yeah, yeah. and this is the thing: is uh, initially reading it, I was very excited about the what idea. What do you know about animation? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I yeah. don't watch anything animated yeah. ever. Uh, no, I, I was excited by the idea of it being a, a 2D animated thing, and they had originally talked about, I think, some involvement with some of the studios that worked on like Castlevania. And it was going to be more like anime style, but. For what, but like I actually do agree that in that within the same universe, especially if you're trying to keep it of sort of the the storytelling in the same storytelling vein of the same level of viewership, I I agree that it, it should be reminiscent of yeah. what we've already seen in two fantastic animated series. It, it also just gives the audience that is let's say hesitant about new programming. Sure. Well, I like the Clone Wars. Well, first of all, you can get the Clone Wars back. Mm-hmm. I like Rebels or whatever. So whatever it might be. I mean, it's, I think it's, it's going to look more like Clone Wars is what they said, but mm-hmm. um, it still, it just makes the audience feel more familiar because they, even in, when you looked at the animation from the pilot of Rebels, mm-hmm. significantly different from what they did when they started to change it. I mean, those Wookiees mm-hmm. looked awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was never that complaint anymore because they, they, they eased yeah. into it. Filoni you trust when it comes to Star Wars you don't even question it when it comes to animated the guy is an animation guru so yeah. there you go alright what's next uh, what is next is a little preview of the comic books as always I'm mm-hmm. behind because whew, yeah. it's tough to get out to my shop some days but we got Lando Double or Nothing number 3 Star Wars 52 which I'm hearing great things about but I am behind on that series Orlando. and uh, all of them actually but uh, in Star Wars Last Jedi number 5 the adaptation led by, by Gary Witta's writing is, is off to a great start I have the first three issues and really love it yeah. love that cover love the Praetorian Guard fight scene anyway so where are you on the cover I'm having off? You know, a little bit because I've been trying to get into. I'm, I'm with reading the books and all the other stuff we yeah. have going yeah. on right now. Um, I ha- I'm a little behind, but I have them all. I'm, I'm all digital. I, I digital. I don't go to the. Uh, yeah, I like, yeah. I'm an old school old yeah. man. Have you read any of these? Yet? I haven't read any of these ones. Yeah. I'm I'm really digging the uh, Darth Vader comics. That's the best so one. I'm trying to get that's caught up one, on those. That's the one. That, that's <laughs> didn't we talk about it briefly? Well, I think yeah, we did, I mean, right? actually, the the Darth Vader comics um, are they're they're so good. In fact. Uh, so I do a Star Wars RPG, and Joe Star is so obsessed with these Star Wars comics that he made his character from a planet that was introduced in the oh, Darth really? Vader comics. Yeah, right. yeah uh, but Joe Star's a nerd. <laughs> I like that. Joe, Joe Star's a nerd. Uh, Joe's a good dude. All right, yeah. so let's uh, let's get into the next thing. Then. Uh, the next thing, Christian, is Twitter and Facebook. All right, look at that. All right, it's time to hear from you guys. And, Ken, maybe if you can pick something out from the chat room as well, too. Sir, yes, sir. But let's go into uh, hashtag Collider Jedi Council and the Collider Jedi Council Facebook group. We are streaming live. Thank you for everybody who is joining mm-hmm. us today. And, Ken, let's take some questions well, from the audience. Well, let's go to the Collider Jedi Council Facebook group since I'm monitoring Twitter live right now. I want to give the Facebook group some time. Michael Olson asks this Question. Since John Favreau's TV series is after Return of the Jedi, what do you think the chances are it could cover stories of Rogue Squadron? These type of stories interest the fans. Kind of a two-part question, yeah. Christian. What do you think? Well, let's interest. Uh, interest. Let's uh, <laughs> let's address the first question about interest, and that's um, you tell a good story about anything, the fans will have interest in it. Yeah. It's just a yeah. matter. I mean, that's 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 anything. So if you if you tell the right stories, you make the characters interesting enough, then yes, fans will be interested. It's certainly possible that it can land. Again, I'm going back to we don't. There's no clear cut. They didn't say this series will only be two seasons. Then it's done. It's open ended right now. He's already written the first season, and he is. You talk about a guy who is just locked in everything that you remember that whole the whole big problem I had at Solo was like mm-hmm. when when he didn't when Anthony didn't ask him about yeah, yeah. the series, Seriously. and he he was like basically. 
letting him know, I want to talk about this show. Ask me more. Um, Because he's so locked in. He is ready to go. So I think that the answer is you can see anything happen inside of this if it fits in that time period. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, and and I think, too, that, you know, it's very, very possible from the point of view that what we see a lot within Star Wars canon is that we are taking these characters that we already know exist or maybe really popular characters from Legends and incorporating them into canon. So it makes sense to me that there would be stories about the Rogue Squadron, especially mm. if it's kind of like an anthology series. I, I would be surprised if there wasn't. Also, yeah. I hear Rogue Squadron and immediately think of the video game Rogue me Squadron. Too. And I was like, are there, oh, are there stories in that? <laughs> um, I think... A direct adaptation will not happen. Yeah. I don't think no, that, that no, 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 never. Yeah, I don't think anyone yeah. here thinks that. But, no. I, but, but this is why I picked this question from Michael, because I think a lot of people ask that. Sure. Hey, there's this thing. I know yeah. we can make it new canon. It will not be a direct pullover, but Favreau is a fan. I think he is a huge fan of Mandalorians and Pre Vizsla and all yeah, that you're stuff. You're going to see a lot of Mandalorian, a lot of Mandalorian stuff. stuff. And yeah. I am here for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I pitched um, Manganiello to be one of the Mandalorians, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but he is, he is a... Star Wars fan. Uh, almost everyone involved is a Star Wars fan. Uh, that's kind of the inside joke. Everything after George is fan fiction. But I think he's enough fan that he could start pulling in some of those ideas and themes, and, and that could happen, Michael. Yep. So it could happen. All right, what's next? Uh, let's stick with the Facebook group for once, and I'll start going some Twitter and live stuff there. Martin Shush. Such a, oh, such I was so, so such hoping Martin Short was going to ask <laughs> Martin <a> Short. <laughs> Martin Short. Uh, <laughs> Martin Shushinick. Yeah. I'm horrible with this. <laughs> So. Why am I doing this one? Uh, he asked the question, uh, sends us back to Clone Wars. Could the Mortis father from Star Wars The Clone Wars be in Episode 9 mm. since he disappeared like all those who have returned as ghosts when he died? So it's about big connections and the small connections. No, I think the Mortis stuff was wrapped in Rebels. I think that they, everything that they were going with with Mortis is, is, is done. I think the Filoni... Filoni was very good at setting up certain storylines in his old shows and then wrapping them up in his new show. And I think that that's what he did with that whole time. The the, the The world between worlds. Which was brilliant. That was was genius. It was some of my favorite Star Wars stuff that I'd ever done because when people were like, oh, they got time travel in Star Wars, space and time go hand in hand. That's the whole point of of outside and space is that what you can do with with time and maneuver it. It was was brilliant. I loved it. But um, as far as the Mortis thing, no. I don't think it's I think if it had not been wrapped up so nicely in Star Wars Rebels, that is something that would have been a good candidate to potentially show up in Episode Nine because, again, it's... They don't... In terms of the films, they don't like to pull too directly from the animated series in terms of references because they don't want to alienate anybody. Minus Solo, though. Solo. Minus, right, with right. the exception of Solo. But I, but I do feel like, you know, they wrapped up the story, so yeah. probably not. Um, I don't think it will show up, but I like the idea of Filoni playing around with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it ties into a lot of, you know, I don't know... I don't think George is going to have a lot of influence in Clone Wars unless there's some private coffee conversations nice. between Filoni and Lucas. But that's that's the stuff that's on George's mind. Even that stuff about his episode seven, eight, nine was going to have the Wills oh and Midi Corians and all this so kind of weird, weird. Uh, George stuff. And uh, that that is George, and George yeah. loves a lot of that. So I wouldn't mind it. I just don't think it will happen there. All right. What's next? Um, coming up here uh, next, we got uh, a live Twitter question. Ooh. A little fun one here. Change of pace. Uh, Armando Garcia Izaga at Armando G underscore Izaga says, nice to see Jedi Council live. Thank you for watching, Armando. So kind of hope this is a fun question. I hope it is too. What are your favorite non-John Williams Star Wars 
pieces. I mean, there's really not. Oh, well, it's Kevin Kiner. Kiner, stuff. Clone Wars. Yes. Kiner, well, there, there's, Solo. Uh, well, Kiner's, but Kiner's Clone Wars and Rebels. So Kiner, yeah. Kiner is yeah. uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. A lot of his, I mean, the, the piece that I would say out of Kiner's that I think is one of his masterpieces, I don't even know the name of the song, but it's when, if, spoilers for Rebels. So, if, so right now, if you haven't seen Rebels, come back in like a minute. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Go. Uh, is when Kanan yes, dies. Yes, that yeah, is that's, literally yeah, exactly it, what I was that, thinking. That, that music is, is absolutely incredible. As far as uh, Giacchino, I've been on the record. I love Giacchino as a composer. Not a big fan of the Rogue One score. I give him props because he did it in three like weeks. two or three <laughs> yeah, weeks. He's right? a brilliant composer. Just, I, I, didn't, I didn't love the Rogue One stuff. But the last one from Powell mm-hmm. on Solo stuff, there was some good stuff there, in there. Yeah, there was some good stuff in Solo. Yeah. Uh, for, for all that I was, you know... Lukewarm towards the movie overall. I liked it. Yeah. The, yeah, some of the soundtrack was really fun. What was your favorite? What do you, what's your favorite non-Williams stuff? Uh, well, I mean, uh, I mean, Kevin, it's Kevin Kiner's stuff. Yeah. I'm, try, I'm trying to remember the name of that song because I know exactly the song that you're talking about, it's and I like best. listen to it in my car it's if I just need to like feel some yeah. feelings. So, uh, I love a lot of the solo soundtrack. It's actually fun to work out to because there's some oh, yeah. happy kind of stuff. Yeah. The one, and I, I, I was with you for the Rogue One soundtrack. Like, I still understand a lot of uh, your issues with it. Not, not issues. You, you, you Rogue lo- One. I like Rogue One. You like yeah. no the soundtrack. The soundtrack. Oh, the score. The score. Yeah, yeah, yeah not, not the soundtrack. Jane Weedland and the Go Go's did a song on it. Um, <laughs> score, um, the score. I have to admit, I've grown to love it more and more. In one of those ways where music comes on, and I'm like. Wow, and I was I was home one day, and your father would be proud. Pops up, mm. and it's one to ones towards the end of the movie. It's I think the big the death, and and uh, I didn't know what it was Rogue One. I was just like, hot damn, this is like I love yeah, Williams' I think, work, and I went to it and I was like, oh, right. You know what it is? Though? Oh I think, wow. I think there is some stuff inside of that movie that does work very well. For very example, well. Yeah. the 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 score that's playing during Vader scene is great. Yeah. Um, I think that it's the stuff that I don't like is so jarring to me. Like mm-hmm. when Krennic shows up to Vader's castle, oh, it drives me nuts. It seems like it's a, a different science fiction movie altogether. But you're right. There is some stuff that Chikino does inside of that uh, movie that does work very well. But that's a great question. Thanks for asking. Yeah, um, this is, I'm going to just make myself have to say some of these names. These are great questions, and Mm -hmm. my inability to say your names is not going to keep your questions from getting on the air. This is a live one here. A lot of of interaction here on Twitter, and and maybe uh, later on we'll also do do some live Facebook ones, too, in other episodes. We'll coordinate better. Jacek. Uh, Hi, Duke says at at old school five. Old school five is a lot easier for this yeah. dumb <laughs> dumb person to say. Uh, he asks us this question: People are afraid, worried that saga films will no longer be a Skywalker saga. It, what if Luke proposes Ray to inherit his name? Does Ray have a last name? And I I've talked about this a lot. I this is the uh, Ray adopting the Skywalker name, and I kind of like it. Not necessarily the answer I, I'm thinking that will happen or that I want, but I, you're, you're shaking your head. Like cop out to me. I yeah. Mean, it, yeah, it's like, uh, so we need the Skywalker name to go on. You can have my name. Yeah, I, I like the idea of her sort of spiritually taking on the name, but not from the perspective of audiences won't want to watch a saga that's not about the Skywalkers. Yeah. You know what I like? I, I like the idea of Ray kind of taking up that mantle and carrying on Luke's legacy in right. terms of being a Skywalker, so to speak, yeah. but not, not just because. People don't want to see stuff that's on Ray about was cloned from Luke's hand and is, and, and is a Skywalker. 
So oh, I mean, God. yeah. Yeah. Wait, what was that? I can't remember what the name of that clone was that was actually made from Luke's hand. That, that it's, Luke. It's Luke. Luke. Yeah. So, so, so there yeah, you go. Yeah, Legends they, is great. They pull, they pull from, uh, they pull from Legends. Yeah. She's made from his hand, and Ray is actually part of Luke. Yeah. And so she is a Skywalker. Yep. There you go. All right, what's next? Uh, this one is from Better Call Mall at Fett uh, Unchained. Like There's that. a lot of things like going on with awesome. these. Uh, he says, uh, or uh, I'm assuming he shouldn't do that there. Better Call Mall uh, could be anything. Uh, could teenage Kanan show up in the new season of Clone Wars? Uh, I don't know. I, I think he even would be younger. He'd be younger, yeah, but that'd be really cool. That'd be, that'd be great. Fl- See, that's something that could happen. Yeah. Because yeah. Floney, could, Floney could do that. Floney could now, because he's... I think you will see references to things that eventually happen in Rebels or characters that happen or things that go because that's what he does, right? Now he's Mm -hmm. essentially now able to, because he wasn't really making a, he was making a prequel by default in when he was making Clone Clone Wars, Wars. but now he's legit making a prequel to things that happen in uh, in Rebels as well. So I would love to see that. I don't need him in it for more than 30 seconds. No, no, no. I just want him to appear and for me to know that that's Kanan or Caleb Dune in that case, and I'm I'm down. That'd be cool. Yeah, I like that idea a lot, actually. What is it? New Dawn, the first of the canon books, yes. begins with young Caleb Doom actually communicating with Obi-Wan. It's been a while since it's 2014. Well, he doesn't communicate with him. Like, Obi-Wan's yeah. message it's it a comes message. out, it's and, and I think yeah. there's some stuff there. Some inter- But yeah, um, so it, yes, it could work. And it could work. Yeah. And because, by the way, the um, you can even see him running out with and his, his uh, master, Del- uh, Deppa Balaba, yeah. yeah. when... when they're running out. The Canaan comic book, the limited series by Greg yeah. Weissman, yeah. is fantastic. <laughs> if you are a if you are a fan of Canaan and have not read that series, get it because it, it's legit and it ties into some of the episodes of Rebels. It's insanely also. good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's do. Uh, we'll do two more. Two more. All right, uh, Alex at Alex. Alex. Alex at Alex. Alex. I like that. All right. Again, I'm not the brightest of humans no you're not uh what's your guys's number one planet or place you'd like to see in episode nine some fun speculation here says mine is the jedi temple in coruscant i'd love to see a duel with mm. ray and kylo there that's actually pretty darn cool what do you think that's sarah of minor or no yeah, I mean, it counts. Uh, it's real. I'd love to, but then they'll never use that in the movie because, because yeah, they're around a table. Lawrence Captain. No, like, you know what I'd like to no, do. The whole like story team like, never. <laughs> the whole story team never. Um, but no, that won't happen. Uh, of course, that's a great choice. I'd love to see what they yeah. do with it with non prequel. Very good choice. I'm more a band. I want to see well, more. Yeah, I, got, I want to see the Sith Moribund planet. I want to... Or Korriban, because it goes by both names. There's a little well, back no, and forth about it. The, they it's switched. back to Moribond? It, it was No, it was, it was Korriban right. in, in Legends for the longest okay, time. Okay, okay. And but now because it's of Coruscant and everything, too, uh, Lucas, see, changed, Lucas changed it over. In, they use it in, in episode six, episode six, season six of Clone Wars. They, yeah. they use Moribund. Sure. Um, so they officially changed it. So Korriban is, is no... It was, no, it was it never, is it was no never, more. It was never canon. Um, but now, cool. now it is. Uh, Moribund is, and I would love to see it. And I think that it could be relevant to Kylo. And I always sure. love the ideas. Yeah, back in I like the, that. Yeah, those rumors before Episode Seven came out is that he was like a relic hunter, and mm-hmm. that he would go after these Sith artifacts. And if you look at the history of like Palpatine, the people that he studied, Kylo Ren, that is, um, that would make sense because mm-hmm. Palpatine got all those Sith relics and was after him. And that's heavy, deeply into canon. There's yeah. tons of evidence that he was going after Sith artifacts. I mean, crap, even in uh, Solo, mm-hmm. there's stuff in the background there, too. So yeah. anyway, um, I'd love to see more, Ben. How about you? Uh, listen, oh. I always want more Mandalore. I want to know what's going on with yeah. Mandalore in this new, you know, episode present, seven. On. Present. Yeah, present yeah, Mandalore, yeah. shall we say. 
Uh, or, you know, Concordia or Cronest or any of the moons around there. Yeah. I would now like to see Cloud City. Yeah. Sure. You know? That'd be dope. Um, and I'd still like going back. Uh, I am actually, the idea that they might be going to Jakku is actually something I actually like. Um, but I, Tatooine or Endor, old school. Yeah. I would, I, you know, Chief Wicket needs yeah. to be there. I was going to say, I, I had the thought of Endor as well. Yeah. So. And you know what I want to see in Coruscant? They, they covered in, um, in Catalyst, yeah. that side of the planet that's not city. Yeah. I want to see the yeah. parts of, of Coruscant that... Yep. That is like the people, or or the under or the underworld. Deep, like deep underworld. that was the mm-hmm. coolest stuff in Night Sail Republic. Was mm. the layers yes. of Coruscant? Was ah oh, anyway. Yeah. All right. Let's do the last one. <laughs> All right, there. Let us. Uh, I'm I'll gonna. I'm trying to let us. Ooh, ooh, I need some lunch here. Um, all right. Oh yeah. I, I just heard this, so I haven't really flushed this out, and it's a rumor, so this is totally fun it's speculation. Disgusting. Ryan Golden at uh, wow, at one of those like it's an A six seven C. We're not Ryan, Golden, Ryan Golden asks, what of the what of the rumor? What of the droid attack on the Wookies? Uh, what of the rumor that George Lucas is coming to help on the script in Episode Nine? This is not the first time I've heard this. I don't know where this started. <laughs> yeah, rumors are rumors. Uh, but let's just have some fun to close out the show, Christian. George wants to put on a good flannel and come back to the writers' room. What do you think? I find nothing wrong if the case no. wait wait, wait. Yeah. If, the, if the case of him the guy is one of the best storytellers of all time i have nothing oh. wrong with him sitting in a room telling them we should go here maybe trying mm-hmm. to do that that he's not writing anything he's not going to be writing a script i mean that's that's what people when they hear writing writing is by definition also if the three of us sat around and said okay so emma you're, you're going to be doing the, the typing on this particular thing too um you type it because ken and i are a disaster you put all your ideas that you have, we'll collaborate our ideas, and we're all writers on it. Yeah. So then the, whoever's writing the actual script with the dialogue, someone else will be writing the dialogue, and then George goes, oh, maybe you put him in there. And then he does, and he's a writer on the thing. So is that possible? Yes. And what I want him to be? Yes. Why? Because look at what he did for the Clone Wars series. Yeah. People don't understand how involved he was. Well, he wasn't just like by name, like, and producer George Lucas. He no. was in that room, and he would be beneficial to them. I completely agree with you. And also kind of just looping back to one of the things that Dave Filoni was saying at the finale of Rebels, that one of the things that he always appreciated in terms of working with George is George was the first person to say, why not? And unchecked without a writer's room, we maybe should ask why not. But in a room where maybe you are kind of getting stuck on an idea or wondering what sort of direction you can push things in, that that is the thing that I appreciate about what George Lucas does is he he is always trying to yeah. push it and try new things, and sometimes it gets a little out of control, but it won't. But that's the big, that's the problem, though, that you run into with George Lucas. The difference is, even hearing myself say, with Clone Wars, right, he was the bottom line. At, like So if, if he was like, well, I want to do a Jar Jar episode, and they go, they don't like Jar Jar. I know, put him in there. This time, Mm -hmm. if they say, no, George, we're not going to do that, George is known to be a little pissy. Mm-hmm. He's known, he, he gets his feelings hurt very fast. Mm-hmm. So that's the risk that you have when he's sitting in the room, if he is indeed sitting in the room. Right. It's all speculation, by the way. And, and if he suggests a bunch of things and then J.J. doesn't use them, you got a possibility of some head crash in there, too. So I think that as far as a consultant with a few phone calls, but having him in the writer's room all the time, probably a dangerous thing. Yeah, it's something yeah. that probably you know wouldn't happen. But here's where I, where I like again. I don't know where this this rumor started, but this is not the first time I've heard it. George Lucas sent out an email. George Lucas, <laughs> yeah. it's at it's in the lobby of his museum. Yeah. that's about yeah, to open yeah. up there. Um, if Abrams Abrams has said a few times, Episode Nine will kind of wrap up all nine of the movies. Mm-hmm. So if you're kind of going back to Episode One, Two, and Three, which were from the depths of George's soul and brain, 
you might want to pull them in and have a cup of coffee yeah. and say, what do you mean by this? What do you think about this? Does this connect up? Does this go to the... Because yeah. part of the Clone Wars was him going, I forgot to tell the story of the Clone Wars. I intended that. I wanted to battle on Seven Planets and Revenge of the right. Sith and yeah. all that stuff. Hey, let's go back and do this. You know, he'd be, he'd be the one you want to sit down with. Yeah, I mean, he knows all this stuff inside and out. And that's everything. That's the show for today. I'd like to thank my guest joining us. First, Master Fifo Diaz, who joined us here today. Yes. Did you have a nice time? I did. I had yes. a great time. Yeah, good. it was a it was a good old time. Where can they find you? Uh, I am all over the internet at my name, Emma Fife, E-M-M-A-F-Y-F-F-E. Also, I do a Star Wars RPG that I've been doing for about a year and a half now over on Hyper RPG every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. It's called Pencils and Parsecs. We're in our, like, final episode, so the action is really great, but all of our videos are unlocked over on Hyper RPG's Twitch page, so you can catch up on uh, all the Pencils and Parsecs action. Yeah, and check out Emma Fife's team, the Shirewolves. Yeah. Battling yes. up against the world's finest tomorrow. Make sure you check that out on the Schmodown. That happens at 1 p.m. tomorrow. PST. Check that out. Big match. Number one contender match. Kylo Ken, Ken Napsock. Where can they find you? Uh, they can find me out by the dumpster waiting for Christian's chicken to finish really drilling because I want to bite. And also at Ken Napsock across all social media platforms, including Instagram TV, for my daily motivations. A lot of big information that came out of the town hall yesterday. There's a lot of new channels for you guys to check out. We have Collider Games. We have Collider Sports. There's Collider Quick, the Collider Podcast channel. This is all stuff that you guys can subscribe to. Take it in when you can. There's a lot of great things happening. If you like wrestling, we have the we have Collider Pro Wrestling Sheet now. There's so much content here as we continue to grow in this network. I'd like to thank our guests today. I'd like to thank you guys for everybody who joined us live today. Once again, make sure you get those tickets for the live event for the Schmodown. That is September 8th. Schmodownlive.com. We've got about 120 tickets left in a month time. Once you guys find out who the team are they're going to go even faster so make sure you get them when you can VIP, VIP tickets are almost sold out so check that out for me I'm Christian Harloff at Christian Harloff we'll catch you next time may the force be with you always Napa know how get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa because right now when you order from Napa online you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify.